Utopia tonight. And tonight, we have a legendary writer of so many incredible songs, right? Yeah, oh my God. I'm I'm like, it, it's one of those things, like, I, I think everybody knows uh, Boy Meets Girl and knows their song Waiting for a Star to Fall. I just don't, I, I mean, if you just look at their entire history, they're amazing songwriters and they've written like so many number one hits for people. And uh, it's, and they've got uh, a new single coming out now. Um, and they also have a new album at the same time as well. And a remake of a Whitney Houston classic, yes, right? That absolutely. I'm super excited about. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It, and it's actually really great because I've gotten to listen to it ahead of time. Wink. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but let's not waste any more time. Let's bring out Boy Meets Girl. Oh, Hello. what's going on? George yeah. and Shannon, what is going on? I've been waiting forever to talk to you guys. Oh um, my gosh. I love that opening. I know. Oh, great. That, that, well, the, the very compelling intro video that you guys are <laughs> chatting about and all of what you said, that's me. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my God. It's oh, so man. many of us. Oh, and you know, we have uncles and aunts and we have conversations. Yep, oh, but, I know. but you're right about the great timing. It's just going to be a joyous Thanksgiving all across <laughs> the nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's crazy, too, because wait, I just kind of saw my family in Brooklyn over again. And we were like, I in my mind, like it was before you announced. And I was like, this is nice. Nobody really has anything to talk about. <laughs> you know, we're just talking about family shit. Yeah. We're eating some, Election you know, over. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. good guys won. We're eating some naki. You know what I mean? Like everything's doing, everything's going all right. And then, and then this, and then, this, and we were all like, "We'll see you for the holidays, right?" And now I'm like, "I wish I hadn't said anything." <laughs> I know, and it's so hard. Not it to. all begins again. I know exactly. Yeah, and then, you know what's crazy is that I think they're they're moving on. Like, I don't know, I don't know necessarily about them, but I know that some people who are fans of his have like abandoned one fascist and just run to DeSantis. You know what I mean? They're like. Trump, Trump's a little, Trump's hate's a little unorganized, but DeSantis seems like his hate is really, really put together well. That guy's got folders of hate and filing cabinets of hate. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got hate lasers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Uh, hey, where's my hate laser? Did I leave it in the car? <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, that guy really scares me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I he's, don't know. I don't know. No, come on. Come yeah, he's. I don't. I don't know what. The, I don't know. I don't. I just don't go to Florida anymore. That's my rule. I feel like you never know when it's going to sink. Do you have so relatives? Could be any there, day. I have relatives there. So me too. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. I've got relatives there. That's where and they always them. say the uh, like just Google your birthday and Florida man and see what pops up. I feel like <laughs> that's a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a fun game. I just don't, you know what the craziest thing is, is that we're all living longer. So I don't know what the appropriate age to send your relatives to Florida is anymore. Like, yeah, what, or, like, or to get know. sent there. Or to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, DeSantis is shipping people around on buses. So, I mean, you know, maybe step onto the wrong bus, wind and up in planes. the planes. Uh, or the right way. You could get a free flight somewhere. You never know. <laughs> I'll just let this all go gray. I'll do it. Don't tempt me. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, so I got it. So I want to ask you about the new album and everything else you guys got coming out. But I don't know too much about like your hit, your history, really. So did you? How did you guys meet? Were you both songwriters separately, or were you? Did you meet and then you were like, "We're really great with words. Uh, <laughs> we should make music for." Yeah. You're really good. Yeah, yeah it, it was kind of that sort of simplistic. I think that's kind of how it started. It oh, really nice. is. It really was. We were in the same band together. And oh, nice. uh, I, I, I had 
I had been writing with the other guy in the band. It was like a, a trio. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I had been writing forever. And Shannon had been on her own. And we, we were singing together in the band. And uh, uh, life was starting to devolve within the band. And there was a moment where Shannon plopped some lyrics down on a piano and and said Here's- George, George was actually playing the piano and I was in a different part of this rental house that we'd rented as a band so you'd heard um, the music first I, I heard him playing and I had just um I think the evening before written down this bunch of lyrics a verse and a chorus a couple mm. of verses in a chorus and I heard him playing and I just walked in there with my lyrics because I thought you know these kind of go so i put them in front of him and i just started singing to the music oh it all and made it was, sense it, it was, was seamless yeah nice it was and, yeah. and we had a song it was uh it was by far the easiest songwriting experience i'd ever had and and uh and the song the lyrics uh the title of the song is good exchange so oh, sweet there was there was something kind of kind of cool about it it's sort of meant to be yeah yeah kismet um, yeah it was it was kismet yeah what so I mean, do you guys have like an edge on other songwriters basically? Because you're both in band you you were both in bands beforehand and you can sing. So do you know <laughs> immediately when you're writing something how you like you guys get to test it out like in real time, right? We do get to. Although, you know, I, I would guess that most um songwriters, even if they don't sing, they have a they know how it's gonna sound in their head. Mm. They know how they're hearing it. Um you know, so I, I don't know that we really that's a, have an edge. That's kind of a I funny question because <laughs> we've done a lot of, you know, songwriting workshops and we work, you know, we work with other songwriters and stuff and most of them can warble pretty well. You know? yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, you know, in, in their own way, it's not like, you know, if you write a song for Beyonce or something like that, it's not, it's, it's not like the stratosphere. Right, right. Do you ever yeah. see, by the way, do you ever see that when you, when like one of those, one of the modern artists wins like a Grammy or whatever, and like the list of writers for one song is like 48 and you're like, we, yeah. it's just us two. We just, we've been doing this just together for years. Why do you need that many writers? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> happened to us once. We were at the BMI awards, I guess, several years ago or so in Los Angeles. And um, the song had been sampled and then, um, you know, reassembled by, like a cast of thousands wow. so when they <laughs> announced they announced us and we all went up on stage like george and i go up on we, stage we were or, meeting our co-writers for the first time yeah, there was like oh 20 God. of them it was so funny <laughs> so the guy standing next to me apparently was the producer and i just you know whispered to him over the din you know um oh i'm one of the original writers and he looks at me like you know what yeah right <laughs> right yeah, yeah right <laughs> i just oh i started God. laughing it was such a funny thing <laughs> that's hilarious are you ever when you're when you're making a song and i mean i know you probably have to like kind of give it away at a certain point to the to whatever artist decides to sing it or buy it but are you guys ever adamant about the way you think it should sounds versus the way they may get it and interpret it well, when we record a demo, we throw mm-hmm. a lot of bits and bobs in. We we uh, our chocolate chips are you know we'll, we we'll we'll go back and we'll write at a piano. But nice. but when we demo it, it's you know we'll throw in a lot of lot of melodies here and there. If we hear all that stuff, we throw it into the demo. So and sometimes that ends up you know being used. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it in in the case of some of the big things like Whitney Houston and 
And those, uh, Nard and Michael Walden took the demos and, and did a whole thing in a whole different direction from the demos. You right. can actually listen to the demos. You can find them. Uh, you can find I want to dance with somebody, but yeah, sweet. Uh, yeah, you can if you if you YouTube uh, I want to dance with we'll, somebody. We'll be putting it out on streaming. Yeah. Um, uh, it, not too long in the future. Awesome. I was but, reading that that that's coming out. That's yeah. awesome. But I no, we're not adamant about it. I think one of the fun things is to see how somebody will interpret a song of yours. Mm. And certainly when you do send something out, you pretty much have to let it go because yeah. it's no longer yours anymore. Really, it belongs to whoever sang it and performed it and who's and the listeners, you know, belongs mm -hmm. to them and how they feel about it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Especially when they're interpreting the lyrics and stuff. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it has to be incredible though, because those like those two Winnie Houston songs are I I've been DJing forever are played at every party always. So I feel like you like <laughs> like when you're you, you hear it everywhere and everywhere well, you go, you just I like, went to a birthday party on Saturday night and I danced to it. Right. Yes. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it happens. Oh yeah, we're I always get little texts with. Guess where I am? You know, they're at a wedding or something, and, and there's everybody doing the crazy dance. You know, that I want to dance to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> the cha cha. It's hilarious and just so it's it's weird because by now I really don't even feel like it's our song because it's gone um, around the world a bazillion times. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was gonna say, how hard is it for you guys to be out on a dance floor and not be like, I wrote this. This is me. <laughs> oh, you know I'm what? Amazing. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> You're stupid enough to do that, like I have been. I've been, I've, you know, I've been in, in I've been in, uh, I've been doing some construction around the yard, and I go into the hardware store, and all of a sudden, you know, how will I know? Comes on, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, and I'm holding my bag of nails or something like that, and, and, and I go, yeah. I wrote that. <laughs> and, and, you know, everybody looks at me like, yeah, yeah, cool, man. That's really cool. I try to find the empty grocery aisle so I could really dance, you know, with my cart. <laughs> like you're in the Sing shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, so when you guys were in bands and you finally, like, clicked and, and started writing – did you miss, like, did you go directly into just writing songs for other people? Or did you, did you still have your band for a little bit? And did you miss it? Mm. We actually were always focused on our band. And mm. we were certain that's how we were going to, you know, make our way in the world. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't envision that it would be through songwriting and, and mm. um, the publishing avenue, really. Mm. No, as a matter of fact, when we mentioned that song, Good Exchange, that yeah. kind of was a, that was like a turning point, really, because mm -hmm. it just showed us that there was a whole, <laughs> we, we had a kind of a smaller perspective based on growing up in Seattle. And we had, kind of, we kind of grew out of that time around that, around the writing of that song. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it just started, started making us think bigger, dream bigger. Right. We... Yeah. That's roughly when we started working with uh, Jim Bredo, the, the our our longtime uh, good fame friend guide. and producer yeah. and fame guide. Yeah, nice. he, uh, <laughs> he he was a Seattle uh, producer and taught us so much about just being in a recording studio. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, yeah, and uh, and I think you know from th from that relationship, he he opened a lot of doors for us, and then 
But I think if you kind of look at it like a horse race, you know, and there's two horses and one of mm -hmm. them's Boy Meets Girl, the other's George and Shannon, the songwriters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the songwriters thing pulled way ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And the, the Seattle music scene is like pretty infamous. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's got a great yeah. history there, too. Did you guys oh, have yeah. like early influences and people that you like got to see on the scene and wanted to collaborate oh, yeah. with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, First and foremost, as far as songwriting goes, um, we encountered Tom Bell. He's a well-known Philadelphia, yeah. the, the Philly sound, really. He was one of the creators of that. And yeah. we, he had moved to Seattle and was in the studio that we were also working in with our fame guy, Jim Bredo. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so he ended up signing us to his publishing company, Mighty Three Music. Wow. Wow. And so he kind of mentored us through what publishing was all about and why that might be a really great thing. Mm -hmm. um, we still weren't entirely sold on it, but we learned so much from him and started thinking in different terms. It sort of broadened our minds also. So he was a very important influence. Yeah, for huge, us. huge mentor and influence. Yeah. Um, nice. uh, taught me so much by taking me back to Philadelphia and working with him on records for Denise Williams and Gatto Barbieri wow. and yeah. uh, Phyllis Hyman ended up recording one of our songs. Oh, wow. Um, and so did Denise. Denise and Williams Denise, recorded a couple uh, of yeah, songs. Let, yeah. Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah. That's another man. They're, they're huge hits. Well, let's, let's hear it for the boy on that. That's uh, two of our friends, uh, Tom Snow and Dean, Dean Pitchford. Pitchford. And, oh, uh, yeah. they wrote that song. Yeah. Well, we sang in, we we sang in the background. Oh, you did? I was going to yeah. say because your Wikipedia says you wrote that song. <clears throat> oh, yeah, great. Well, yeah, yeah. So just, they're, giving you, they're giving you credit. I did because I was oh. going to say that was another one that they slipped in there that I was like, all right, cool. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Dean yeah. and Tom. Yeah, I, I wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you... I wrote the Joni Mitchell song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yellow, big yellow taxi, right? That was a yeah. good one. You guys are. I knew it. I knew she was a fraud. Uh, <laughs> take that, Joni Mitchell. Um, uh, but when you guys are writing together and stuff, like obviously, I mean, you know, you you've had a lot of hits and you've written for a lot of people who've had a lot of hits. But like, do you sit down and go? Do you have a specific way of approaching the writing where you're like, okay? I'm going to write for this audience or this particular person. And I know this is going to be number one. Are you just going with what you feel and what the lyrics are and what you're kind of drawing from the world? Oh, we're, I, we're very much going from uh, what we feel because hmm. it's, hmm. um, it's really hard to manufacture a song. Hmm. So it has to come from somewhere it has to start from yourself or something you've experienced or seen or watched someone else go through and related to so it has to be resonant i would say nice yeah yeah absolutely the the yeah are you are, do you guys usually hear uh like a, a song or like a beat or a melody first and then work off of that or do you go strictly through like lyrics first i i like to have an idea of where this in fact that as far as aiming a song i, I love to have a sense of the lyrical attitude Mm -hmm. to start with that that tends to tell me where the music should go oh nice and so a lot of times that's how we'll, we'll start off with a with a burst it'll be a chorus or or it, it'll just be a you know channel just present a big 
you know, blogs, <laughs> like a whole bunch of <laughs> ideas that she has. And, and I'll pick out a couple of lines. Sometimes it's the rhythm of how you say them or, you know, how, how I imagine the tempo or the, yeah, as you're reading it, you can kind of feel a groove nice in that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it'll come out of that. That's and usually sometimes how Sometimes we've written, like we've written with Tom Bell the other way around. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. He he'll sit, he very... said, he, he sat at this piano for hours and hours working on just, just one little way. Uh oh, but he'll, he'll, there he goes. He'll sit, <laughs> he'll sit and just do a thing where he'll like, uh, change it up and it'll go okay. <laughs> yeah see i can't even see anyway he does these he does all these things where he'll just change it up just a slight bit yeah time, right now now you got me i gotta, I gotta yeah yeah go for it go for it it's great beautiful his i mean i've learned so much from him about you know those little subtleties yeah it's still a pop song but it, it you can you can broaden it you can you can give it some more depth if the lyric needs to have a little little darkness as you're as mm -hmm. you're making your way through it yeah uh sorry for that little no that was great no that was great <laughs> Yeah. And do you, do you lay them down? I mean, like, do you actually go like, okay, I want to hear those two again. So you record them and then mix it in with the lyrics or whatever, and then like trying to play it back. Or do you sometimes you figuring yeah. out in real time? Yeah. But, yeah. It's often in real time, yeah. but if wow. we get stuck and we just need to stand back from it, George will record it so we can just listen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then hear what's wrong with it. Cause you're not sitting right there playing it maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can muck something together pretty quickly and and then nice. and then sit back and and I mean it's really nice these days cuz on our phones we can we can make a really quick recording if if Shannon's at her house, you know, we can we can send stuff back and forth pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have um uh cuz I was I was reading something the other day about other songwriters and stuff and you know, um, the speed with which they write a song and somebody will take like three, it just depends on pacing, but somebody will take like, you know, a year to complete a song and it's a great song. And then somebody else will bang one out in 15 minutes. Do you have like a, uh, like a gauge, a time limit? Do you set pressure? Do you guys have like pressure on yourselves? You're like, we got to get this no, out. Or... We don't. Um, but, but here are some extreme examples. Um, how will I know might've taken a couple of days. It, it, it really was written quite quickly. Wow. But wow. then on this five album, there's a song called Constellation Stars. Mm -hmm. And it took us um, a few years to get it right. Wow. We would wow. work on it and go, no, that sounds very plodding. And we just couldn't get through it. So we'd put it away. But we liked the story and the basic music. And we just 
couldn't get onto it, you know. So it took a few years oh. and suddenly it started to lighten up and and yeah. click. Yeah, it was it was really it was the the tempo, the yeah, there there were a number of different ways the instruments were going together, the wrong kinds of instruments. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. a struggle. So but, yeah. it's when it's, and, it, when it's, and everywhere in between, you know. Yeah, yeah. When it starts to click for you, are you like, how did we not hear this months ago or a year? You know what I mean? Like when, when it's finally like, is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, it, I, I wish that. Uh, yeah, I do wish that we had found the the tempo and the groove because all of a sudden now, now it just it has a it has a lope to it that it needed. Right. I, just, I couldn't I couldn't hear it early on. No. Sometimes and, it's about. Um, the equipment you have, maybe you have a new synthesizer or something and it, yeah. and all of a sudden a sound brings the whole picture in, you know? Right. Yeah. Which is funny because I got to listen to that uh, and I, I, I would not be able to tell you what was off or not, but I like it. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> like no one knows what goes on in the background of those songs where you're just listening for the first time. Like, this is great. Uh <laughs> well, you know, I think what turned it around for us in part was a friend we sent send it to a friend in Los Angeles. He's an mm. excellent guitar player and longtime friend. Yeah. And he played banjo on it. Oh, nice. And all of a sudden, you yeah. know, it sort of just took on a different, like a, a creaky old boat, you know, yeah. going through <laughs> yeah. the ocean. Yeah. And all of a sudden it felt yeah. right. It felt <laughs> like nice. you were kind of riding through the waves all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Do you guys have um, like a point in time where you felt maybe whether you were writing music or, or doing whatever where you were like, oh, we're we're golden, we're good. Maybe before your first hit, but like where you felt like this is what we want to do forever, this is it for us. Oh, I think we were pretty early on committed. Nice. And you know, it was <laughs> just that daily <laughs> daily <laughs> prayer you send up. Well, I hope it works, you know. <laughs> right. But yeah, we were committed to um, making it work. We always had a little plan B. Mm -hmm. And George's dad asked him well, at least <laughs> once a year, true. if not more often, it's true. are you sure that you don't want to go to drafting school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he wanted me to follow his footsteps as a, as a Boeing engineer. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, uh, and actually um, he, I toured the plant and I, there was a part of me that, that really got it. I, you know, I could, I could, I could have done that and wow. ad admired he, what he'd done. Obviously, he was the chief tool yeah. designer for the 27, the 37, and the 747. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty serious work that he did. Um, and, you know, but I knew at the age of 10 what I was going to do. But mm. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, I understand as a parent, you, you know, you think, I, I can, I see, I have a vision what my child can, can do. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know. I, I know I disappointed him at first because I was playing pubs and taverns. You know? right, right. <laughs> he, thought, he thought we've lost him. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then uh, everything kind of started working out pretty well. They got yeah. to see you become successful. They oh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. As a matter of fact, they were proud of him. I can bring this story back around to Florida. Ooh, nice. The, they were snowbirds. They moved down to Florida to be with other um, relatives of, of theirs that had come from Michigan and they all, they were all living down in an enclave. I don't know. It's a big state. It's a big state. Like, yeah. like, uh, and, uh, um, and, uh, we were on the radio with our first record, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the boy meets girl record mm -hmm. and it was getting played. Oh, oh girl was the, the, the single. 
and it was getting getting airplay. They were calling into the radio stations. Okay, <laughs> so we were doing so requesting. We, yeah, and we we do we do uh, we do interviews with the radio stations later. They go, we're getting an inordinate amount of requests from for, for your song, and yeah, we want to play it and all, but like uh, you know, it's really. So it got a lot of lot of lot of uh, excitement down here in Bradenton, Florida. <laughs> so, it's funny they were all calling in. I just That's I just great. love picturing all these senior citizens. You know, <laughs> could you play that boy meets girl song? <laughs> it's a pop. Oh, that's great. It's good fun. That's awesome. And so I, I want to ask you about Boy Meets Girl too, because that's one of my, I love, that's one of my favorite songs. Like one of my favorite 80s songs. Um, I, every time I hear it, I get instantly happy. Really. It's like always, it, oh, it just, good. there's never, never a, a, not a good time to play uh, Waiting for a Star to Fall. Um, but it's, uh -huh. I read somewhere, is it true that you did try to originally sell that to someone else before you did it yourself? Yeah. We, um, well, because it, the idea came at a Whitney Houston concert, because mm -hmm. I, saw this star going across the sky when she finished singing how will i know and i thought oh kismet yeah um, meant to be. <laughs> so we, we wrote that whitney. song we thought well we should give it to whitney mm -hmm. but um clive davis who was um her mentor uh he thought it was too pop and i, I think he was right about that it wasn't mm. quite right for her right right yeah i don't know yeah. what she would have done with it yeah yeah I, I think it wasn't right and so we ended up with it which was perfect for us oh, yeah and I mean, I love George's vocal. There aren't very many people who could actually sing it that way. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. She means that as a compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Nobody <laughs> quite sings it no. as well as you. She's like, and now we're stuck with it. Uh, <laughs> four decades later. No. Uh, that's awesome. So, but did, did she ever find out that she could have had, like, because it's got to be crazy when, like, you're, you know, the people have been writing songs for you, then take a song and get a hit themselves. Was she like, uh, what the hell happened to that? Like, oh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think she ever probably looked back on her song selections. I mean, they all worked out so beautifully for her. And yeah. she sang everything better than anybody could. Right. You know, so I, I doubt she ever even knew about it. <laughs> How did that collaboration first come about? Which... Oh, for, with, with Whitney? With, yeah. Oh, uh, oh. It was How Will I Know got sent to Clive Davis. Mm -hmm. He he uh, listened and loved it, held on to it. Um, it eventually got to Narda Michael Walden, who, who ended up producing it. Um, and so our lyrics and music, you know, uh, the lyrics were plopped in, on the music stand. Whitney, had, I'm sure she had heard the song ahead of time, probably at Clive's. In Clive's office. There's a movie coming out soon. We'll all find out what what, yeah. what happens. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> um, and uh, and uh, so uh, I, I'm. My guess is uh, Whitney was at least somewhat familiar with the demo. She probably mm. heard it at some point. Uh, but then Narda just kicked it up a major notch. Um, when he did a, a little bit of a, a music edition also and called us up and played it over the phone and said, can you write some lyrics to this part? Let's have that this be the verse. So we did that and um, and it made it a far better song for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, some friends that were working on the the record down there in, in San Francisco at the time, um, Played this, played right after Whitney had just gotten through singing. It was the day that she sang the vocal that we're all hearing on the radio. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
And uh, so we got to the chance that day to hear a rough mix with that, that vocal. Wow. And, uh, and it, it was a wow. It was just, <laughs> it was just there a, were no words. It was such an unexpectedly powerful take on the song yeah. vocally and the yeah. track and everything. Yeah. Shannon's lyric or Shannon's vocal on the on the demo was a it was it was light and breathy, breathy. She yeah. because we were we were thinking of Janet Jackson prior to her control mm -hmm. scene, oh, okay. you know, that was more it was tough and aggressive. Right. But those early songs of hers were kind of light and breezy. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what that's who we were writing for when we when we sent the demo in. Right. Nice. But yeah. they passed because she was working with uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on her Control album, which is, oh. you know, a wonderful conceptual breakout. Right. Yeah, kind ridiculous of concept. Yeah. It changed mm -hmm. the music business in its own yeah. way. Yeah. So, so now, how does it work when you get something like when something gets sent to someone like Whitney? Do you then have direct access anytime you're writing other music where you can just be like, hey, we think this is great for her. We think this is great for her. Or do they contact you and we're like, we need another. Like, what else you got? <laughs> I think that. Um, we had the phone numbers. Yeah, we, we had didn't... the phone numbers. <laughs> but you don't want to overuse them or bother no. Clive right. Davis, you know. We, right, right. We, yeah. would, um, we would get inspired, uh, you know, uh, after. um after I want to dance with somebody, years went by, and I, I and Whitney was in doing different things. Bodyguard, obviously the the movie, yeah, yeah. soundtrack mm -hmm. and everything. But um, but along the way, we ended up writing a number of songs and contacting uh, Clive, sending things in. They were good songs, we think. Many, in fact, we have one that we wrote with Tom Bell. Uh, the he, oh, uh, uh, wait. Uh, seems like it was yesterday. Yeah. Well, we wrote four songs. That yeah. was later, though. But yeah, yeah for, I mean, like yeah. for I Want to Dance to Somebody, uh, Clive did call. George picks oh, up the phone. It's Clive Davis. Still on our landlines, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Clive Davis calling on your landline was a big deal. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he said, uh, could you guys send us another song for another album. And um, so we wrote, I want to dance with somebody. And the funny thing is, this is really going to date us because um, George said, yeah, he wrote it. And then he called up Clive and said, we've got our demo for this song. We'd like to submit it. And he goes, um, well, I happen to be um, at the LA airport. I'm just about to get on a plane, <laughs> um, but... Could, maybe you could get it to me. And George says, well, we live eight minutes from the airport. I'll yeah. just drive it down and meet you at the curb. So well, at, that oh time, yeah, at that time, you could actually drive from our house in Venice because we were traveling a lot. You right. Could, you could actually be, you could drop your car off and be at the airport at eight minutes. And, I, and, and there was no TSA. So you just dash through the airport, run right. out yeah. to the. Run out to the gate. Yeah. So George yeah. runs out to the gate, hands him the tape. Clive takes it. Gets on his plane and, and wow. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. And, and, and actually, he did. I did tell him at that moment. He was he had his briefcase and you know. And I said I said you know. And if you guys don't want to do the song, you know, our band is 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 working on some stuff and and we're we'll do it. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. Nice. What's really said, crazy is our viewers are now going, hold on, you could run through an airport and not get tackled by security? <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I know. Wild. It was just 
things were different then. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. But that is incredible. Because <laughs> Long time ago, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> And it wasn't an OJ commercial either. <laughs> you can't talk about OJ anymore either. That was isotoner time. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. So then as soon as he landed, did he tell you what, what, like that it was a hit, that that was it, that that's what he was going to take? Yeah. Oh, wait, you said you were going to, you were going to do, you're like, ah, oh, if you don't want to do it, we'll take it. What yeah, happened then? <laughs> oh yeah. He said, he said, fuck you. And, 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 he, and he got on this plane and, and I kind of, I kind of liked that. I kind of, I kind of walked away kind of going, that, that was one of the best fuck yous. Really. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so then uh, you also did, um, a song that Bette Midler covered in Beaches, right? How does so when you when you're doing a song like that and then somebody else takes it and covers it for a movie, are they do they give you guys a heads up? Are they like, can we still use your song, or is it no longer yours to tell somebody where they can put it? Oh, I think that you you know if it's Bette Midler, you're probably going to say yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 Unless you had better plans, you know. Wasn't David Pack? <laughs> David Pack was on that too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's both of them as Absolutely. a duet. But yeah, we yeah. we would have said yes under any circumstances. And we had been working with Arif Martin on um, "Waiting for Star to Fall," and he was producing Bette Midler, mm -hmm. so they were friends. So we had that connection. Oh wow! Uh, with Bette, small yeah. world. It's pretty cool when when you know Arif calls Bette, <laughs> and, and you you get to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. right. You're like, tell her I said, hey. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we gave Arif Martin um, Waiting for Star to Fall, our demo of it to listen to, we were hoping he'd uh, produce our album. Mm -hmm. So we went up to his hotel room and he put on his headphones and took the little cassette tape and put it in and paced the room. And we sat there, you know, twiddling our thumbs <laughs> in the chair waiting. <laughs> oh, he likes it. And <laughs> so he finally he listens to a few songs and he takes the headphones off and he goes, I like this song. This is a hit. I will produce this, he said. Wow. <laughs> but um, then it turned out that Robert Palmer had a hold on the song because he was considering doing it. And we didn't know about that because that was our that was through our publishing company. You don't always know what they're sending oh, out wow. and to whom. Um, so Arif said, well, um, he told us that and he said, well, I know Robert Palmer, so I will give him a call. Oh, so wow. He gave him a call, got the song back, mm. and then we did. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be in on that call conversation as well. Uh -huh. Oh, you did? <laughs> those, are, those are really cool moments. I'm sorry, but I still get starstruck when things oh, yeah. like that happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, and Arif awesome. Martin, is, he was such a gentlemanly guy, Turkish, yeah. and yeah. just that beautiful accent. And yeah. um, just old school gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Did you, when you guys had that album out, how long did you get to tour with it a lot? We did. We we're, spent a fair amount of time uh, in Europe. I think we had yeah. like two or three stints where we'd go over for a month at a time. And Europe and the UK and, and, and a uh, little bit here. It was good fun. It was the, it was a bit of the Milli Vanilli time where, where uh, the, you know, the, <laughs> the way you promoted was you, you kind of, you went out with your band. I mean, we were out there with, uh, with, uh, what was it? Not uh, Genesis, but Mike and the Mechanics. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so we'd be, or, or, and actually a uh, little Stevie uh, Van Zant, he was uh, on his own for a little while. Okay. So our, our pals Julian would cross Lennon. on these lip sync tours. Yeah. You know? So we'd all be out kind of wandering <laughs> Europe um, and we'd end I up guess. in these little weird little <laughs> venues and, and, uh, and, uh, and you perform, yeah. you know, Shannon and I'd get, get off stage and send, you know, sang, sang the crap out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, if we were in Italy, we'd have they'd assemble a group of player singers, you know. <laughs> oh, because well, it was just Germany, the two of us, so. they'd give you some yeah. other players. So it was, um, there was a little bit of feeling of disconnection, of course. Yeah. Well, the saxophone player, you know, because you know, waiting for a star to fall features Andy Snitzer's amazing. You know, saxophone is, yeah. is really one of the major. You talk about my voice, and I thank you for that. But I mean, it's Andy Snitzer. Come on, right, right. I mean, that intro. Oh, on. so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but so if you can imagine uh, George and Shannon, you know, putting a band together in, in Italy, and and then you know, this is going to be the sax sax player who's going to like mime his way through. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that'd be you know, great to see. So, so well, those... and, and, and we all are, you know, so yeah. it yeah. was just kind of, yeah. I don't know. It was weird in a way, um, fun and uh, humorous to look back on. Certainly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we, we, we uh, back at that time, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of uh, really good live musical experiences. We've had a number of them since just sitting down to a piano. You know, nice. and yeah. just banging something out. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys ever think like, did, did you did you were you still writing when you were doing that kind of stuff when you're on the road, or did you think like, oh, maybe we don't have to write anymore? Or did you just miss it? Well, it was, oh, it's a function would... of our lives, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was. Yeah. We would get met home and just it's just what we did. Yeah. Nice. You know, so we would just start writing. It's still what we do. We just still start writing. Yeah, you know? that's great. Yeah, and it's just both like it's in you and eight. Is there anybody that you wanted to write for that you maybe uh, didn't get the chance to, or did, did like a two boats passing each other in the night, like it just didn't happen? I don't hmm. think there's. I mean, I could come up with a long list of people I'd love to write with. I think <laughs> you know, sure. But I, I'm not sure that there were, there was that. Yeah. I, I think partly because <clears throat> we were just always busy writing things yeah. for ourselves and um you know we had a child and so we we're busy with that so right. i i can't remember thinking that way right no but I, I you know think... there's some great singers we'd we'd love to write with <laughs> is there any current one anybody like that's currently on the scene now that you think like oh my god i could probably write something for them oh there's some amazing voices um, oh, I just heard somebody. And see, this is not going to help. I, I heard I heard somebody in Australia. Boy, they were great. Okay, well, that's, that's the end of that story. You know that person with the blonde oh hair. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I was literally thinking about it. I was like Australia. All right. Um, yeah. We had we had we've had a couple Australia. We had a no. We had a New Zealander. We had Lady Hawk, uh, Pitt Brown, and we had um, Hannah Joy from the Middle Kids. Oh, cool. And she's in Australia. They're really great. Maybe it was Hannah, yeah. uh, but there there was somebody that I heard recently and just blew my mind. And I just thought, well, and, and really, really just, you could just tell really understood music. And, you know, you hear, you hear somebody you think, wow, that would be a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we're, I think, I think we're still, we're, we're still writing and we're active. So, I mean, nice. it's, it's, you know, I, I know that there's a whole, 
much younger music scene going on and we participate in our own way um, and we'll reach whoever we'll reach that'll listen and love. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to keep banging out what we do. Yeah, we're yeah. just kind of doing our thing and um, it's yeah. a real luxury that we right. can do it. Yeah, we um, love we love yeah. to co-write too. I've, I've, um, I just got done uh, uh, doing a, a co-write with Graham Nash and it's going to be oh. coming out sometime in the in the spring wow. on his awesome. next album. So be, uh, that's, you know, I, things like that. Uh, immediately you said Graham Nash and be yourself just started playing in my head. That's what anybody, some, anytime somebody <laughs> mentions a musician, my brain just goes, all right, we'll put on that track. Uh, <laughs> and here we go. We'll play that in the background until you're sick of it. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible though. I mean, yeah. That's like, I, I don't know. I feel like to be writers and at this time too, do you feel like um, there's a huge difference from when you started to now just with streaming and TikTok and kind of the way social media does it? Or do you think writing is writing and if you're good at it, you can make it. And if you're not, you don't. I think it must be infinitely harder now because mm. you don't necessarily have the backing of a record company. Right. Um, and there's a ton of content <laughs> yeah. to sort through yeah. for anybody, even the most enthusiastic of listeners mm -hmm. um, has to still sort through um, millions of songs. And before you would get, you know, when we were signed, you would get promotion and you would get a certain amount of airplay on the radio. Right. And that was such a big boost. And then, you know, VH1 or, or, you know, and all the video services started coming out. And I think now it's just harder to make yourself seen and heard mm -hmm. in the large pool of, of really talented people. Right. You know, who don't Very... have record deals, but they're self-promoting. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, um, the people that are really, um, aware of how to how to play the the media and keep your your um, your um, plays the the rates up oh, yeah. um, you know people that 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 are good at that um, are they're they're managing to make it and they're and and I mean you know Ed Sheeran my goodness you oh. know yeah. yeah it's like he he just uh, you know uh, continues to to he's prolific and uh you know co-writes he 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 figures out a way to just you know um but look look how hard he's working <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know which is great i mean it's great but i think yeah. that's one of the other things about um that everything is streamed now is that you have to be really on your game with producing content all the time yeah so mm -hmm. that sounds that's a you know 24 7 yeah. And it, I think it hinders people's creativity. I think if you're constantly having to put something out, you're, you're, you exhaust yourself. And I don't think they realize how, or the, or the system now realizes how much downtime creatives need sometimes to just like well think and, and mm -hmm. gestate and let something boil, you know, it's, it's hard. Totally. That's, that's actually a, a big, I, I think, uh, I think it's those breaks are the times when you, yeah, you recharge, you yeah. come up with, you, you come up with more to say. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that uh, we uh, we've had we've had a nice uh, luxury that way. I think of <laughs> you know either either uh, we designed it this way or it was just the way things played out. But um, we've lived life in between our songs mm -hmm. a, a, a lot of the time, and yeah. I think it, it gave 
gave both of us the, the option to recharge. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and do you find that you it almost tricks your brain? Like, cause there'll be times where I'm like, okay, I'm taking uh, like a couple weeks off and I'm just going to do whatever. And then as soon as I kind of get into the groove of my vacation and quiet down, I just start thinking, I'm like, oh, I should write that down. Oh my God. Oh, that's really funny. That's like a great, <laughs> like, and, I, and I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be relaxing, but you just start, your brain's like, oh, you want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, he but wrote that's... three songs while you were talking, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, beautiful. I mean, I think that's it though. You know, you just, it's when you let go that, mm. that something can come in. Like yeah. I don't, I don't really listen to much music even when I'm driving in my car and certainly oh not hiking or anything. You know, I don't put my earbuds in and go hiking. I just, just make sure I don't have a lot of input just so I can have some idea come in that wasn't necessarily my idea. It was just floating along. And because I wasn't preoccupied, I got to receive it. It's oh, kind of how it feels, you know, yeah. so you have to allow for that. Absolutely. Certainly. I I have this weird thing. I don't remember what it's called, but literally something is a, a song is always playing in my head. Like whether when I wake up in the morning, whether I've heard it <laughs> recently or not, whether it's like I haven't heard the song in 10 years and I don't know where it came from or like. But I also listen to music when I'm writing, when I'm just working on something, always when I'm in the car, extra biking, running. I always have music playing and it's insane. I have to ask you a question about that, though. Shoot. Do, do you feel it's divine when you get those moments? I mean, yes. It's is it meant to be in a sense that it it just it it defines something that you're about to do or do? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I find that is that's what's fascinating. I think. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like my brain knows exactly. It really is. It's like there's a DJ, like a little Casey yeah. Kasem in my. <laughs> that's head. what I'm saying. You might enjoy yeah. this top hit yeah. from you know yeah. whatever the <laughs> worst Casey Kasem impression ever. But <laughs> you're gonna love this. Yeah, you're gonna love this. This is a hit from. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is really weird, and it'll pop in like at the. You know what else is kind of weird too? And I, and I, again, this is just how our brain picks up on patterns. But like, if something really sad happens, I swear to God, my iPhone, it'll shuffle, ex you know, like during a breakup, it's like one is the loneliest number. Uh, you know, only the young kids, you know, and I'm just like, oh, come on. What is it? Like, what is happening? Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I sometimes, I think that my computer and my iPhone are reading my mind sometimes like that. <laughs> Because I'll think something and then I'll see it on the screen. And and sometimes I'll ask my husband, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> or, or does it just know? They are watching. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't show. know. Yeah. I know. It's hard to think. I was doing a gig a few years back in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And I swear to God. And I posted it. And no, of course, no one believed me. I'm driving. As soon as I get into Asbury, Springsteen comes on. And I'm like, oh, I have 4,000 songs on my phone. There is no, I'm like, did he set this up? Is there like a signal that goes through? And Was it meeting across the river or something? It's, it's when you go through the toll booth, I think. There's wow. some kind of. Yeah, right. I know. They're like, oh, you're in Jersey, aren't you? It's like Bon Jovi and the Springsteen thing. But it was, I think it was uh, um, uh, No Surrender popped on. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. kind of, yeah. Wow. Doing a gig I don't want to be doing, and uh, this pops on. All right, I see. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, it's your spirit guides I talking so. to you. I think so. I think they're just you know. They're, I think you get you know, somebody's playing tricks. 
Oh yeah. Little, some we have we have little tricksters moving with this maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you ever meet people who that doesn't affect like music doesn't affect at all like you're in the car like I I'll oh, yeah. be with people sometimes yeah. and a song will pop on at a mall or in a store and I'm like, "Oh my god." And they'll be like, "What?" And I'm like, "The song we were just talking about this very and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know." And yeah. I'm like, "So what, what world am I living in? What is that? Yeah. I do not pick up on that." Yeah. I know. Yeah. This is crazy. No, it's it's like, yeah, there's a soundtrack. It's always going well, and right. we're we're all hyper attuned to all of that. I'm sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I love I love those sort of uh, little uh, uh, meant to bees. Yeah. So, do you feel like that because I, I i kind of you know i was born in 84 and i and i'm just i don't know i mean i don't know if it's like i have like 90s nostalgia now i'm getting i'm gonna be uh 38 in a week um but i also have i have i love all the 80s stuff that's coming back but you guys you know you you had you built your careers through it you lived through it you were you know doing that thing do you like it do you feel it's weird are you like god guys that's my we own that era uh, <laughs> like I don't want to really, you know. Like, are you tired of it? Do you like? Because a lot of the songs and music and stuff that's coming out too always has this synth pop vibe now, and it's now. kind of the eighties coming. Yeah. You know? it's swinging yeah. back around. Yeah, that's actually that's one of the things that Tom Bell used to tell us. Yeah, he used to say he Man, said everything cycles. So it'll yeah. just be patient and yeah. it'll come back yeah. around. Yeah. Do you think it's the I... best decade? Oh no. no, you know, but. <laughs> no, actually, no, because I mean, really, tr to, to be honest, we all knew, I mean, Boy Meets Girl toward the end of the 80s, right? 88, but yeah. We, we all knew when we heard um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, oh. the world had become, you know, a different place. It right. was just, you, yep. you couldn't help but love the, the song structure, the sound, the aggression, right. every, everything about it was just like, life, life was different from this moment on yeah and Absolutely. oh and i and i and I, of course there were the spin-offs from there but but um you know I, those definitions happen you know and then you go back farther go before the uh the uh, 80s happened and you had the mm. clash yeah and various yeah. things going on that were so important to music as well and then culture club and boy uh and oh, boy, boy george, george yeah yeah and um and that that just set the tone for us as writers because nice. We were we were some of those early things we were talking about were happening while the clash was was up and running, yeah. And w there was no room for pop at that time. And so when when uh, Boy George came through and everybody everybody really embraced it, it was like, ah, oh, there's room for melody mm. and. Go get your synth out. I know. I know. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good time to be alive. Who do you who do you think basically? Do you, do you think there's a, a one controlling force of that kind of thing? Because like you said, the Clash was very popular, and there didn't seem to be any room. And then like a Boy George hits. Do you think it's Boy George that moves the needle, or the people backing him go, "Okay, we're done with this kind of music. We're gonna push George." Like, how does that work? I think it's I think it's really the I think it's in the air. I yeah, think, I, I think, think it's a feel thing too. I think that, and I think it's not just one person. I think we are, we're so part of a collective. Yeah, nice. And yeah. I think and all we of a feel this. We, we feel the shift. We feel the tide change. Mm -hmm. We right. know when it's night and day coming on. It's just how we're wired. Yeah. So we and certainly I, know when a musical change is happening. Nice. I love that. I feel like the, you're not the first creative, like music creative, that's like I'm just a conduit. Like I just let it. Re you receive. 
that's what the universe is giving yeah. you and you and you're the one that presents it to everybody else yeah yeah because yeah. it's out there um because yeah. that's why i think you know inventions pop up simultaneously around the world yeah no i invented that no he invented that right that, you There's know a i think these, this listening. idea descends and those people are receptive at that frequency or or have that training or aptitude or passion yeah get that idea do yeah. something with it you know yeah, it was absolutely. like it's like when movies like uh, the similar movies will pop like the prestige that one magic and then the other one with ed norton the other magic movie whatever it was the mag <laughs> yeah. you're like i swear to god they were like back oh. to back and i was like didn't i just see this oh i love that ed norton one <laughs> me yeah. too that yeah. one was the that one's a superior movie oh i forgot about that movie that's I a right that's that movie. <laughs> let's all get together and watch that movie tonight that's okay, okay. I'll, there I'll, we go. I'll get on a plane tom will meet me there and i'll make popcorn perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect oh like like the real deal not the bag but yeah. like you're gonna uh, oh yeah, from scratch shake the nice. pan shake the pan, oh, shake the pan. The pan. Yeah. <laughs> that was the good podcast that was absolutely yeah we just get bigger and bigger that was fucking awesome yeah. um I, i'm gonna ask you guys um so, the, oh sorry okay, sorry i'm just gonna try and get oh, we a have couple questions things so, yeah let's field in yeah. questions to make so sure. lauren said she said sam smith just redid uh how will i know loved it How, so you guys are blessed enough that early on in your career you got introduced to publishing and i feel like that's the opposite to most to most musicians where they don't know about publishing and they kind of go through the i feel like you guys had the good path right mm -hmm. like you knew mm -hmm. how to go through the business end of it do you think you were like super blessed with that and then does that still play like a factor now do you try to pass that on to other musicians um i don't think i've been actually probably as interactive with other musicians as I should be passing things on. So mm. let me just say it now, <laughs> learn <laughs> about publishing. It's, um, it's important to know. And I feel like a lot of younger kids do, they do know about publishing and they make sure to have their own publishing company. Uh, mm. That's super smart to do. Mm. Uh, and we were a little late to that party and I see some younger musicians already know that. So, you know, good on them yeah I, <laughs> and, I, and also we too loved the sam smith version of how will oh, i know oh nice. my god it's such a sweet look yeah. at that song i love it one. Yeah. yeah yeah like a great take on it right yeah um, jackie Beautiful. asked did you ever get to meet whitney like were you ever interacted Once. with her? yeah Once. we met her it backstage was... at her first swing through los angeles at the greek theater it was such we got a cool to go night. backstage after and we all hugged each other and met quickly and then there's this you know long line of people who are supposed to meet whitney so we you know did our thing and then off we went and yeah <laughs> but it was pretty great um she, she at the time she was probably 19 i want to say oh wow. my god yeah wow. uh, yeah you know, very yeah somewhere around that and she was with her mom and dad oh. so it was just a, it was just such a whole different look and it was you know for her you try to get in her head and for her the whole music business was open to her yeah, and the whole world was open to her. It was at really that the point. very so, early moments, you know, yeah. I think that was her first tour Yeah, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, sings our song. It was just the coolest thing to be part of that. That was one of the great nights. Yeah. Was. I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. And um, somebody else asked, would you ever think about writing for Adele? 
Ooh, oh, oh, yeah. Yes. I would be thrilled. Thank you, whoever asked that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's the answer ask to John's question. Back. Yeah, and ask <laughs> that person if they could get her number. We would love to write for and with Adele. She's got just a magnificent mm. voice. There's so much warmth and power and tenderness. Uh, and yeah. Oh, my gosh. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Never mind, someone like you. Oh my! Oh man, that was great. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Uh, I, I like when you can when you find out that they can actually sing. You know what I mean? Like when they're on oh, off yeah. the cuff and on there. You know, because you never, you know, you can never tell sometimes. But yeah, it's nice when they can actually sing. Oh yeah, and she can, and Lady Gaga. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She she's can great. sing anything yep. beautifully. I think somebody else was just. Uh, do you know Brandy Carlisle? No, we've not met her. Yeah. Okay, she's just nominated for. Yeah. A, there's a bunch of people this year that I that I'm happy they can say they can actually oh, sing. They were nominated absolutely. for Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. I was Brandy's, like, oh, that's nice no. to see her on that list. She's got like, yeah. like six, I think, or something. She's oh, I was just watching the um, documentary uh, Mr. A and Mr. M about. Oh um, yes, so good. Yeah. Herb Alperton and Jerry Moss, because our first record label, we got signed to A&M, to oh, those wow. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, where was I going with that? Uh, we were talking about... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and Adele. so the Go-Go's, they featured the Go-Go's right. and Belinda Carlisle oh, in that oh, documentary. <laughs> and I was really appreciating, you know, how much they brought to the music business as five women, you know, yeah, playing absolutely. their own instruments, writing, singing. It was great. Yeah. yeah. That was so great when Drew Barrymore inducted them into the uh, Hollywood Rock of, uh, Hall of Fame, or rock, uh, rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Holy shit, I said Hollywood. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I'm just slowly, I'm like the uh, the Hard Rock Cafe when they introduced, introduced them into the, uh, they named a cheeseburger. And, uh, yeah. and then the Blue Man Group came out. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God, yeah. I'm trying to imagine Belinda Carlisle. Wow. And the Go-Go's. What an era. I know. Oh, you know who we were thinking about is, uh, now this is total non sequitur, but earlier you were talking about the 80s. And what band was it that we, we, we just before we came Super on, we Tramp. just got Super Tramp. Oh, so yeah. good. What an yeah. un overlooked band, but oh my gosh, song after song on that Breakfast in America album. Yeah. Totally. Oh. Yeah, they're a great, great band. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't tie into anything that we're talking about. So. <laughs> it's okay. It's I can talk about great bands all day, though. That's fine by me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is dystopia. Yeah. So. We we definitely have to have you back because I yeah. know we got we got to get to our last three. But we, there are so many more questions. I feel like we have to. Really <laughs> yeah, anytime you guys want to come back on, fantastic. You know what? We're we're available. Yeah. So just call us up, and we'll, it'll be part two. Yes, absolutely. We'll do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. For definitely. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm going to ask you the last three questions that I ask every guest that's been on the show. So first one, kind of a softball, but uh, if you could go back in time and talk to your younger selves, what piece of advice would you give yourself to help you today? Oh, I was just talking about that um, on the way over here in the car. Oh, nice. Yeah, because wow. because it's our daughter's birthday. And, mm -hmm. and um, so I was thinking back to when I was her age. And uh, I would really tell myself, you know, ask someone to make you a martini <laughs> and just chill. Learn to unwind learn to chill, just really enjoy it because you're not really in control of the world. You're not really even in control of your life or the people around you. So enjoy it. Oh, That's wow. Really nice. I love that. Really yeah. nice. That's great. What I probably would listen to my dad 
been uh, drafting. <laughs> <into drafting. laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We wouldn't be here right now. That's true. No. Yeah, you wouldn't be here. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right. All right. But you would have been making parts for the, the Dreamliner, so. I would have been. Uh, I could have taken joy from that, too. Yeah, absolutely. True. I True. feel like I, I honestly looking at you. I feel like you could fly a plane. I would trust you to fly a plane. If like if she there was does. an emergency, you do really. <laughs> well, oh, not, that's not the Dreamliner. <laughs> no, 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 no. Somewhere I'm assuming somewhere between that and and maybe not the thing that John Denver flew, but like, no, the, like I, somewhere I have something a little, cool. I have a 1966 Piper Cherokee. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Four seater, six that's cylinder. Awesome. You know. Oh, very cool. That's cool. Oh my I god, I would love to do. If I could do that, that'd be amazing. Well, if yeah. you come to Northern California, let me know ahead of time and I'll okay. give you the aerial tour. Oh, my God. Take you up on that. That's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. And I love John Denver, but I don't know why I just said that out of the blue. Uh, it's like not the thing that big John Denver fan. That was a um, tough one. We were living in Los Angeles when he went down in Santa Monica Bay. Oh, my wow. God. That's crazy. I can't, I still yeah. can't. That's one of those, that's one of those things that I still can't wrap my head around that. Cause I'm like, why would you yeah. not fill the tank with gas? Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, just, just, just check the gas gauge or the tank. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. Uh, <laughs> Better stay away from planes. And the, the next hour I just start talking about what happened with John Denver. Like, should we talk about JFK? No, like, no. John fucking Denver. Bring, bring it around to super trip again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So second question is what had to end in your lives, good or bad that led you to where you are right now? Oh, whoa. Oh, how many things should we list? <laughs> well, I mean, if we go all the way back, and we don't need any psychotherapy for this. But, no, but, we don't. Okay. But I was thinking about David. Oh. Because really, the, you know, that band we were talking about in the very beginning, this yeah. guy, I was born on the same day with him in the same hospital. Wow. And we, we, we got instruments and started our, our first band in the fifth grade and uh, wow. wrote our first song. Then came the village sunshine, yeah, and made your life worthwhile. Um, he was John Lennon, and I was Paul McCartney. So we had this <laughs> whole vision, right? Right. And mm -hmm. on and on we, and then we went through puberty and kind of went our separate ways. But we were still playing music together. And then uh, we met Shannon, started working with Shannon, and and music just started opening up. And we told you the story about Good Exchange. And yeah. so we did, severed our relationship with David. He, he just wasn't quite on the same page with, with the two of us going forward. And it was, it was a difficult musical breakup. You yeah. know, musical breakups are uh, personal breakups. And, yeah, because uh, we were a tight band yeah. as yeah. well. So. That was difficult. Yeah. But yeah. that set us on our current track, yeah. you know, yeah. long ago that yeah. led right. to now. Wow. That's yeah. incredible, though. Yeah, that is a difficult. That is like a breakup. I mean, it's like a regular, any kind of heartache, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever talk to David anymore? Yeah, I do. I call him. Uh, it's you know, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, and and you know, yeah. We keep in touch, and we talk oh, about cool. writing again. You know, so sometime, oh, you know, yeah. maybe it'll happen. Mm -hmm. Nice, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, that has a happy ending then. <laughs> um, and then so the last question is, um. Tied, in, tied into the show. So this is a genuine dystopia, more so than it is. Ah, excellent. 
Yes, and you and you had a choice of any scenario: government collapse, it could be an alien invasion, zombie apocalypse, uh, comet headed toward the Earth, or climate change, whatever it is. But you wake up, and it's everybody's last day. Uh, what would be your epic death? How would you want to go out? And what would be happening? Obviously, like what's the what's your choice of disaster? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, if if there's something happening really bad on the ground, I guess I'd rather be in my plane. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> very nice and then you know maybe i'll just run out of gas and and join the crowd down on the ground and i'll sort of glide down and you know then i'll be in it too and i'll have i'll be gone <laughs> fantastic that's good i like that's that good. what about you i'm on a boat and it's headed out into the the open ocean way out in the open ocean and the waves are getting massive and oh. and and the wind is blowing and it's ripping apart the boat and uh and eventually the boat is destroyed and oh. and i fall into the water and the water takes me it's it's the primordial ocean and it takes wow. me and, and i'm i'm totally good with it and nice. i just go with it because it's the ocean but but it's it's the you know it's the end of days yeah you know yeah yeah, so that's it. That's awesome. What a way awesome. to go, both of you. Holy shit. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Great. Thank, Plane, thanks. boat. Hey, let's go have dinner with our daughter for her birthday. <laughs> now, <shall we? laughs> yeah, thanks. Now go celebrate life. Exactly. <laughs> Please tell her I said happy birthday. Oh, Definitely we will. will. Thank you so much. It Thanks truly so was a pleasure, guys. Yeah, oh, this is you, awesome. guys, you guys are this, a barrel of monkeys. Yeah, this was great fun. <laughs> and you. seriously, just you know, you know how to get a hold of us now. So absolutely, um, we'll do part two, and yeah. it'll be a blast. Awesome. Thanks so Looking much, guys. Forward to it. Have a great one. Wish her a happy birthday. Thanks again. Michelle, thank you. Thanks, guys. Until Bye. next time. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Bye. Bye.